Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And, of course, all of the programming here on KPCG can be found in podcast form wherever you like to get your podcasts. Well, I'd like to start with a question today. When did Christianity begin? What was the beginning point of Christianity? Well, many would assume that it began when Christ came to this earth and began his ministry. But the Christian way of life actually has its roots in the Old Testament. And of course, it goes back to before mankind was even created. True Christianity is God's way of life. It is how God, who became the Father, and the Word, who became Christ, have always lived. They have unity, harmony, happiness, and they made laws that show us how to live that way of life, how to have that way. The correspondence course, which is free, that's a a Bible course, at thetrumpet.com, and you can sign up for that. That gets into some of these uh, in-depth topics with a lot of detail. And if you haven't signed up, please do. But here's a quote from that course. It says, God's way of life is the sensible way to live. God's word gives practical directions for successfully managing finances, building and beautifying marriages, and even maintaining good health. Simply stated, God's law is the way to all the good things in life, to peace, happiness, and ultimately an eternal life of satisfying accomplishment. That's the way that God the Father and Jesus Christ live, and it's the way that they've always lived, a way that brings peace, that brings happiness, and ultimately, eternal life. For mankind, of course, God has eternal life, but he's offering that to mankind. And not just eternal life, but eternal life of satisfying accomplishment. And so when we look around in the world today, how much peace do we see? Not a lot. Really, you don't see much anywhere, and nothing that lasts anyway. And the reason is that most people don't even know what the Christian way of life is. They don't really know what that even is. And and there's over 2 billion people on this earth that claim to be Christian. And so there's something not right with that. How can there be 2 billion plus people that claim to be Christian, and yet we don't see peace, we don't see the accomplishment, not Not uh, in the way that God intends, not in a lasting way. We see wars and we see problems and uh, many difficulties in man's history on a national scale and on an individual level. But true Christianity, true Christianity is God's way of life. The basic principles are encapsulated in the Ten Commandments. We need to have a, a path you know, how do we walk? What do we, what do we do? What are the guidelines? Well, there's the Ten Commandments. God's commandments give us guidelines for how to really live and to really show love toward God and love toward our neighbor. The correspondence course says, since God is love, and you can read that in 1 John 4 and verse 8 and verse 16, 
His spirit-begotten children should be growing in his love. The Bible defines godly love for us. John often referred to as the apostle of love. He wrote this, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. That's the Revised Standard Version, 1 John 5 and verse 3. We need to keep God's law. That's love. That's the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And they're not burdensome. They're not a, not a pain. They are the way that leads to peace and joy and all the good things that we want. The Apostle James, a quote says, referred to the Ten Commandments as the royal law of liberty. That's in James 2, verses 8 through 12. That is because they free those who keep them from the bondage of the hurtful ways of this world. The Ten Commandments reveal the great love God has for his children. And so when God's laws are kept, they free people from bondage to sin, from bondage to Satan. They really free them. Keeping the Ten Commandments is essential to being a Christian. We can't be a Christian and not keep the law. And some, of course, suppose Christ came to do away with the law, but he did not. Let's read Christ's own words about that, about what he was doing. We see this in Matthew 5, and we'll read a few passages today. So if you have a Bible handy, you could get it out. We could look at these together. Matthew 5 and verse 17 through 19. It says, this is Christ, his own words. It says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill all of it. Verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So Christ came to fill the law to the full, He was not coming to do away with the law, but to expound upon it. In the Sermon on the Mount, Christ expands on the spiritual intent of God's law. He gives more understanding about how to keep God's law. Not just the letter of it, but the spirit intent. The correspondence course says, Before his crucifixion, Jesus Christ told his disciples, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. God's love and his law, it says, are in perfect agreement. They do not oppose each other, as some erroneously believe. As Jesus plainly stated, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's in John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so all of this teaching sounds pretty good, I think, to this point for most people that would claim to be Christian, they'd say, okay, well, you know, yeah, they should obey the law. <laughs> Maybe there'd be some disagreement with some of it. Uh, a lot of people do think Christ did away with the law, and he did not. But certain laws people keep to a point, or they, they think they should be kept. You know, obviously people don't think they should go around murdering or, you know, certain things like that. But God's law needs to be kept fully. We have to keep all of his commandments. One of those commandments is the keeping of the seventh-day Sabbath. Notice this, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. 
But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the eternal your God. In it you shall not do any work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger that is within your gates. Verse 11, For in six days the eternal made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the eternal blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So we set it apart as holy time. And plainly here the fourth commandment is to keep the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. And so that's something that most who claim to be Christian don't do. Instead they keep Sunday. But here's the command to keep the seventh day Sabbath. So can a person be a true Christian but not obey the fourth commandment? Well, of course not. So, (laughs) again, people may have some ways that they think they can kind of reason around this, but this is the truth of the Bible. Christ set us a perfect example. Notice Mark 6 and verse 2. After all, we have to follow Christ's example. Mark 6 and verse 2, it says, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? And people were amazed by the teaching of Christ and what he was doing, the works that he was doing. But he was teaching on the Sabbath. Christ kept the Sabbath when he was on this earth. It was his custom. You can see that in Luke 4 and verse 16 and verse 31. Christ kept the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, Christ made the Sabbath. That is why Christ referred to himself as Lord of the Sabbath. Luke 6 and verse 5, he actually made it. All things were made by him. You can read about that in John. So Christ made it, and he kept it. And the fourth commandment is that we should keep the Sabbath. Remember, Christianity, a true Christian, follows the laws of God. And, of course, has God's spirit empowering them to do that. A true Christian is one who is led by the indwelling Spirit of God. Notice this in Romans 8. Romans 8. It says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Pretty plain. God has to give his Spirit to somebody, and it has to be dwelling in them. They have to be following its lead or they're not Christian. Notice Acts 5 and verse 32. This shows us who God gives his spirit to. It says, and we, this is Acts 5 and verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Spirit whom God has given to them who obey him. God gives it to those that obey him. So a true Christian must be led by the indwelling spirit of God. And God only gives his spirit to those who obey him. And of course, God has to call somebody and they have to, you know, repent and be baptized. And there's a process to that. Not anybody can just, you know, go (laughs) seek out God in that way. God has to call them. But again, God only gives his spirit to those who obey him. And if a person refuses to obey all the commandments of God, including the keeping of the Sabbath, then they are not Christ. 
you know, if a person makes a mistake or something, they repent. Well, then God continues to work with them. But, but if somebody just refuses to keep the commandments, they can't be a true Christian. And that includes all of them, including that fourth commandment of the Sabbath day. That is a truth that really irritates a lot of people. <laughs> they don't like that. Why? Why would that be irritating? Well, because it means a change of man's customs, doing something different than what everybody else does or what they're comfortable with, submitting to God's will. Notice Romans 8 and verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind, in other words, the mind that is not being led by God's Spirit, is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It doesn't want to follow God. Uh, enmity means hostile. It's hostile. They're hostile to God's law. You know, again, so the person might agree with certain general principles, you know, like not murdering somebody. But when it comes to something like the Sabbath day, well, they say, well, I'm not going to do that. They refuse to obey God. But notice who God will work with. What kind of person does God work with? Notice Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Again, we're looking at what does it mean to be a, a Christian? When did, when did uh, it all begin? What's, what's the teaching? <laughs> well, it goes back to God and the Word, and the way they live and the laws that they've made that guarantee and produce the happiness we all want. But a person has to have a workable attitude. Notice Isaiah 66 and verse 2. For all those things has my hand made, and all those things have been, says the Eternal. But to this man will I look. This is a person I'll work with, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. And trembles at my word. And so, again, this is talking about somebody that has proper humility and knows that they don't know everything and looks in God's word and says, if, it, if I see this in God's word, I better do it. I'm not making excuses about it, but I, I better do this. Now, God works with those who are humble enough to obey his laws. All of them. All of those Ten Commandments. It is a continual process, of course, to grow in obedience and, and uh, to develop. It takes time to be converted fully. Uh, but most aren't even willing to admit they are wrong to start with. And so where can a person go from there if they can't admit error? A true Christian will respond to God's calling. In John 6, verse 44, you see that God has to do the calling. The Father a true Christian will respond to God's calling. If God calls somebody, they'll respond to it. They'll repent, they'll be baptized, and then they'll use God's Spirit to keep the law of God and to grow. Now, Christianity, again, it's the way God lives. It is the way of love. And love is the keeping of all of God's commandments. Romans 13 and verse 10 shows us that. Notice 1 John 5 here and verse 3. 1 John 5 and verse 3, again, it highlights this. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. They're not grievous. It's not grievous to obey God's laws. It's not grievous to keep the Sabbath day. These are blessings. God has blessed the Sabbath day. Put his presence in it. That's what makes it holy. And yet the world goes on going a different direction. I mean, there are two billion, over two billion people on this earth that claim Christianity as 
their religious beliefs. And yet, when you look at the law of God, how many people keep it, make an effort to keep it, really, and then that fourth commandment there really stands out because most people will not keep the Sabbath day holy. They think that's odd or extreme in some way, or they think, well, that's for the Jews, or they have different thoughts on it. But John shows us here, 1 John 5 and verse 3, that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So a person might say, look, I, I'm a loving person. I've got a lot of love. And, and they might have some, some good qualities, and that's wonderful. But this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And that means all of them. Christ came again, and he taught the law of God, and he, he magnified it. He taught more depth about it. You can read about that in the Sermon on the Mount. You can just look all through out the teachings of, of Christ when he was on this earth. And he was expanding on God's law and showing people the depth of it. When did Christianity begin? It began with God, who became the Father, and the Word, who became Christ. They lived together in perfect unity, and they wanted to expand that out into a family. Christ came and expounded upon that law. He taught more about it, gave us more understanding of it. And that law, it's a royal law. It's a law that must be kept, and for all those who are true Christians, they will keep the law of God. They'll keep it, and they'll use God's Spirit to do that. And then they'll be able to teach it to others and help God expand his family out. And so there's great depth in all of the commandments, and including the fourth commandment on the Sabbath. We have an entire booklet about the Sabbath. You can find that at thetrumpet.com. You can learn all about the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, and the depth of that and how important that is. That's a major commandment. It's a test commandment because Every week there's a test. Will people keep the Sabbath or not? Which day is a Christian Sabbath? That's a free book. It's at thetrumpet.com. Also, the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course is a free Bible course. Also at thetrumpet.com. And if you don't have that, please sign up for it. And we have quite a bit of literature about these topics. Again, all of our literature is free. And you can find it there and request it or read it at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.